Well, hello there. Welcome back to the Questions Podcast with Pastor Mark and Pastor Miles. Yo. We're here. We are. I'm mostly here. You're mostly here? Yeah. Good times. Yeah. You know, um, last week was uh, VBS. Vacation Bible School. We had a good time with that. But I was driving home one of the nights on Vacation Bible School, and I got in the car, and Addison was with me. That's the only way to drive home. Yeah. Actually, it's in a car. Okay. True. Unless you're driving your little doggies, but anyway. Only Addison was with me. The other kids were with Mom. All right. But when I got in the car, the Questions podcast came on over the Bluetooth, and she heard that, and she goes, is that you? And I said, yeah, that's me. And then she heard, is that Pastor Mark? I said, that's Pastor Mark. And I was going to change it and turn on some music. She goes, no, I want to hear this. Really? So she's chuckling. Addison's laughing at the stuff as we go. She looks at me. She goes, you ever talk about me? on the podcast and I said now that I think about it I don't, I don't think so she goes well why not so I think Addison wanted a little shout out so I'll give Addison a shout out we're giving Addison a shout out we're hanging out the other day she told me all about her school the other day did you know that little red school yeah she came and hung out in my office it's it, you know kids are awesome yes but she's hanging out in my office and we're just talking about life and I asked her like how she liked her new school the little red Roof's little school there. It's a cute little school. Just celebrated its 100th anniversary. Really? Yeah, just like a few weeks ago. Because it looks like it's totally new. Well, I mean, that building is, but it's been in the Valley for 100 years. Well, I just think it's funny how kids, I go, so tell me about your school. What do you, what, what do you, what do you, what, what's the big deal about your school? She goes, well, smells like cow poop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, really? We're in the Valley. Yeah, she goes, yeah, it, it smells like cow poop a lot of times. There's some cows close. Yeah. I, I thought, well, that's, you know. That's important. Yeah. You know? That's yeah. that's what it, that sticks out in a kid's mind. That's good. Yeah, so. it can smell like that sometimes, especially when the when the wind is blowing just the right way. Well, you're out in the country, man. Well, apparently. Wow. Yeah. Deep yeah. in the heart of Texas. Or, so so yeah. we give Addison a shout out. All right, Addie. How you doing, man? There Another we go. Another faithful listener. She's probably gonna be our youngest listener. Maybe, you know. Well, yeah, maybe. She was telling her brother uh, brothers and sister about the podcast. Wow. So, yeah, maybe we get some new listeners. They don't have any way to listen to it. Who other knows? We, we, we may be like a kid's show sensation. Maybe we're in the wrong market. Totally, you think so? Well, okay, so another shout-out, though, because today we're recording this on July 18th. We've got to give a shout-out to my mom. It's her birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Jeannie. She's she listens. Bomb. She definitely listens, because she told me the other day, you're cheesy. Oh, nice. Nice. I had a lot of people come up and tell me about you. What's funny is when somebody comes up and tells you you're cheesy... But You're not sure if maybe who doesn't listen to the podcast yeah. is next to you. They go, I can't believe <laughs> they, they said that to the pastor. Me or yeah. are they? No, they're just listeners to the podcast. That's right. They it's, know the truth. We are cheesy. Yeah, I mean, I slapped the first four people, but then I started to. Hey, hang on. Oh a wait, second. I told no. them to tell me that. Oh, duh. Well, well, happy birthday, mom. Yes, Jeannie, you're you're awesome. Yes. Your mother has the gift of hospitality. She does have the gift of hospitality. And you know what? I think there's more people at Cross Connection Church that have the gift of hospitality, and they, they need to step out and be a Connect Group host, like Jeannie. Absolutely. And the thing is about the gift of hospitality is is you really, it's one of those things. You just got to care for people. Yeah. And you just got to open up your house. And sometimes you don't know how that, you might have that gift like, Magnum power. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it's it just and, fits and not with know what, it because you haven't tried it. It just fits with what we've been talking about on Sundays because loving your brother is just being hospitable. That's one go. of the ways. One of the ways you love your brother or sister is to be hospitable. Just not that complicated. But we do complicate things sometimes. Yeah, I heard a quote: "Was God makes it simple, man makes it complicated." That's a good that quote. From. It's true. Yeah. Very, so, very true. Anyway, so, I um I just a few minutes ago got called a plagiarizer by uh, one of our lovely sweet saints because she said that I I said if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck it might be a duck and she said that I ripped that off from Judge Judy, Judy. yeah that was around for like 200 years before Judge Judy <laughs> I mean I think like Brain, Ben Franklin or somebody said that I didn't yeah. properly properly uh, give credit to Judge Judy for yeah, an I, axiom that's yeah, very very old yeah. and you know, I, the internet the internet yeah. can tell us where that came from yeah. I, and, I don't have time to look hey, at it right what? now you know what I invented the word the yes How's you that did sound? you I'll, use I'll it all the time yeah. too yeah, absolutely as Mark Childers it's said it's huge the the, <laughs> the. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh the. my goodness hey cool. so um, this Saturday is the uh, 50th anniversary of the Apollo 11 moon landing whoa the space race I wasn't alive it was 10 years before me but were you alive? You were alive. Yeah, I was born in nineteen. Do you remember that? You were five. That was pretty young. Oh, I, no, no, I remember it. You remember it? I totally remember the. Uh, it, everybody was astronaut crazy when it's I was kind of a, a big kid. deal. 
It was huge. I'm yeah. trying to think of. I can't think of anything that is as popular now. I I actually have something to answer that question. It's really? funny that you say that because it segues into the article that I wanted to share. This was on Business Insider just a couple days ago. Really? <laughs> um, so there was a poll done. What do you want to be when you grow up? And uh, number one, top of the list in China. Top of the list, astronaut. Okay. Number one, top of the list in America, YouTuber. You're kidding me. YouTuber. Yeah. Forget that going to the moon stuff. Forget that going to outer space. I just want to record myself and put it on YouTube. That's what I want to be when I well, grow up. Well, I mean, to be an astronaut, you have to like go to school, probably be able to fly a plane. There got to be some excellence going on there. You got to actually put out some effort. YouTuber. I mean, you and I are on YouTube. There you go, man. I mean, anybody 50, can 50 do it. 50 years ago this Saturday, Neil Armstrong took one small step, one giant leap wow. on the moon. And yeah. today, kids want to be, they want to film themselves and put it on YouTube. Wow. Yeah, my did, my did kid you, my kid is convinced that I'm a YouTuber because the church videos of the sermons are on YouTube. That you think that's what you did? That that's what you do for a living, Dad? You're a YouTuber. Yeah, not exactly, son. Yeah. Not exactly. I mean, in theory, kind of like we're Bible commentators. Exactly. Yeah. I am a YouTuber in the same way that I'm a Bible commentator. Wow. Actually, I think I'd be more of a Bible commentator than a YouTuber. There you go. Yeah. Well, you know that's it's kind of funny you talk about that because. Uh, Jason had brought up, I guess there's some big move where they're going to storm Area 51. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So because they're all gonna, of a podcast. And, uh, and so, like, Jason thinks the government should totally troll people and, like, set up a fake moon landing scene so people think that the moon landing was fake. Yeah. Uh, maybe a map of the flat Earth out there. Goodness uh, gracious. Let's see. What other, there were some other ones. Maybe the, like The government's a, just not funny enough. Like, if they, if they did that, it would be awesome. If I was president, it would be funny. You know what? Just that thought, you merely saying, if I were president, makes you made, want to chuckle. made me kind of, for a second, a little bit afraid. Really? Yeah. Man, I'd change some stuff for sure. Absolutely. I, it, Every single Monday would be Chocolate Milk Monday. Cho- you think so? For you? I'm, I'm not a bit, Well, I like chocolate You milk. like chocolate milk. Every time it comes in here, it's gone. Well, not just because of you. I see people making chocolate milk. I was going to say, milk not lattes. me, buddy. No, 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 no. I've never had a chocolate milk latte, but every time there is chocolate milk in here, I see Garrett back there frothing chocolate I milk. I like the eggnog latte. That's what I, I don't like. like eggnog. We've had this talk I, before. I'm not a fan eggnog. of eggnog. It's nutritious. There's protein in it. My wife likes it. I don't, I'm not a fan. Not well, a fan. I mean, she's, she's a woman of taste. Well, except I guess so. maybe when it comes to men, but that's another oh, story. come now. My wife's got the same problem, so. Man, oh, man, oh, man. Um, yeah, but he was thinking we should, like, you know, totally troll all the conspiracy theorists. We keep him busy for years. Here's some truth. You know, maybe get the car from the Kennedy assassination in there. You know, what are some of the other big ones? Oh, there's all kinds of them. The the uh, American gas chambers. That was one the Russians. For a while. The Russians control our weather. They're the ones that made the uh, Katrina the hurricane katrina hit new orleans they control the weather oh the earth is flat we didn't go to the moon that on bush we we brought down the buildings uh we brought down our own buildings on 9-11 those are the truthers oh i actually had an i actually had a um arab guy tell me that one time in a convenience store of all places that that we brought down the yeah he was uh listening to the al jazeera's or whatever al jazeera yeah he was saying that um that was done by the Americans and the Jews working together. They knocked Man, down the buildings. Look at that. Wow. Hmm. So, yeah, there's all kinds of conspiracy there's some great theories. ones out there. Yeah. Uh, you think they'll have the kid that ate the watermelon seed and the watermelon grew in him? That's totally for reals. And the guy who sneezed and burped at the same time with his eyes crossed and they're permanently crossed? Yeah. Well, some other urban legends. I don't know. If you sneeze with your eyes open, they'll shoot out of your head. There you go. Yep. Wow. None of, none of that, I That'd think, be is a true. whole collection. So, so yeah, what do you want to be when you grow up? Um, yeah, YouTuber beat out teacher, professional athlete, musician, and astronaut. YouTubers at the top of the list in both the United Kingdom and the United States of America reports Business Insider just this last week. So there's that. Yeah. Well, I bet, where did they do this? When did they do this? Oh, no, no. Where did they do this? Because, I mean, I can, I can do a survey. Business Insider is a pretty legit group. Really? Yeah. So you think this was exhaustive research, huh? 
Well, no, it, it has been like the last couple of years. It's been very on top of the list in America. Okay. The survey asked 3000 kids ages eight to 12 to All choose 3, 000, from. That's a pretty good cross section. That's a cross section. Choose from five professions. Oh, so they limited it. But yeah, so YouTuber was at the very top of the list in what both the, the United States and the United Kingdom. What were the five Kingdom. professions? I told you, astronaut, teacher, musician, professional athlete, or YouTuber. Hmm. And in the past, in America, it was, you know, professional athlete was pretty near the top. I went through a little period when I was a kid that I thought being a garbage man would be the greatest thing ever. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, you know, pull up, got the truck, maybe somebody leaves something cool in the trash. I, You know, a couple times a year, I go to the dump here in Escondido, which is like inside a building. Oh, yeah. And Our it, dump's crazy. It totally feels like something out of Star Wars. Yeah. Especially when you go there and they've got the... Have you been there when they got the misters, the misters going? Yeah, oh, my it's, gosh. It's like you're in that it's scene... It's like sweltering. Where it's they're in the trash compactor the on the Death yes, Star. Yeah, yeah, and you're just waiting for Han Solo to jump out. Yeah, so I, I remember one day we went there and we've got the truck full of trash and I've got Evangeline and Elliot in the back seat, in their car seats, no less. This is a while ago. And it was like middle of August, sweltering... And we get there, we wait in line for like 40 minutes to get was, into the It was place. like you're on Tatooine, yeah. It was, and then we go inside of there, and the kids' eyes were huge. They're looking at this like, this is unbelievable. And they got the misters going to keep the stench down. Yeah, it like was the horrific. Walls move. That and place then, is crazy. you know, after you leave, I swear the smell is stuck to you for like two, three hours. It's amazing. Yep. Okay, um, in, in other news, um, Elon Musk... You know I like Elon Musk. Yeah, he's the electric car guy. He is the CEO SpaceX of guy. Tesla. He's also yeah. the CEO of SpaceX, which is amazing. Not only do they launch rockets, but they land them. It's amazing. Um, so he started another company called Neuralink. Uh-oh. Neuralink. And they just had a uh, little kickoff show the other day. And their goal, uh, Elon Musk wants to insert Bluetooth-enabled implants into your brain, claiming the device could enable te- telepathy and repair motor function in people with injuries. So... Basically, we want to connect your cell phone to your brain. So you just think it, and your phone does it, or you just download information in your brain. What do you think about that? I think that, you know, I run into a lot of people whose cell phone is pretty much wired to their wired brain. To the brain anyway, yeah. yeah, anyway. Yeah. So they're going to go for it. I would never do it. Yeah. No yeah, way. Yeah, they were so... They, I watched this last night, the little video, when they are like, pitching what they're doing. So they have created these new wires that are, like, like like 0.5% the size of a human hair and they want to implant thousands of them into your brain. And I'm thinking, yeah, I'm not sure I want to do that. I mean, I like technology. Don't get me wrong. I I, I like the whole cell phone, iPhone thing, but I don't know if I want to just wire it into my brain. I feel like we're going the wrong direction on this. Yeah, cyborg. Can we just take about four steps back and let's cure cancer? How's it? Let's do that. Nah, let's just make it so if you think it, you can immediately like order Taco Bell over your phone. There you go. Man. That's now I want Taco Bell. <laughs> What's your favorite thing on the Taco Bell menu? I don't eat there often, but just for some reason, the regular old crunchy tacos. Yeah, those are good. So last week uh, when we were leaving VBS one night, all the kids got in the car and they were like, "Dad, I'm hungry. I'm hungry." I didn't really feed them because it was nighttime VBS. So we went to uh, Jack in the Box. Ooh, got, got eight, tacos. Eight tacos for five dollars and thirteen cents. Yeah, they're great. Oh man, is there a deal? Two for no, ninety nine. It's just no. it's like a buck twenty nine plus tax per for two. So yeah, so I got each of them two tacos. Eight tacos for five dollars and thirteen cents. But um, I didn't realize because I've never had a uh, Jack in the Box taco that I can remember. You don't. You didn't realize they weren't real tacos. No, I didn't realize that they they put some hot sauce on them. So a couple yes, of my kids do. were not happy. Dad, oh, these well. are too spicy. You need Elliot, to get... man, Elliot ate it up like it was awesome. I was awesome. going to say, you, you kid say, hey, spice. suck it up, cupcake. Get he with the program, spice. man. Yeah. We live in Escondido. You got to use this stuff. So next time that I take them there, I'll have to say, no hot sauce. No, I think they come with hot sauce. Oh, maybe no, they dump I'm it saying, on I'm saying I don't want hot sauce on them automatically. Oh, okay. They came with it on them automatically. Hmm. Yeah. Kids weren't down. So by the time we got home, they were still hungry because... So where would you hurt. rate a jack-in-a-box taco on the scale of... Like real Mexican food? Like... It's like a negative four. Okay. <laughs> Do you realize... They just you call know it what they're a taco... What, they're soybean or something. Yeah, it's bean curd. So like... It's not meat. It it's looks like a vegetarian like taco. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. That'll rot your brain. You better watch it. Boy, oh boy. Man. 
Yeah, so, so um so that's all the news I got. Elon Musk wants to wire your brain to your cell phone. And uh kids in America want to be YouTubers over astronauts, teachers, professional athletes, or musicians. Hmm. Good times. Wow. I think we're moving in the wrong direction. Yeah. Pretty sure. I just once know. upon a time we wanted to go to the moon. Or be a cowboy. Now, we just want to record ourselves and put it on TV. We want to be either a cowboy or, or not an even Indian. TV. Yeah, put it on YouTube. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, we're on YouTube. We so go. we got some questions? Yeah. Okay. So we're going to... Some good questions, I thought. Yes. And they're all about the sermon. I enjoyed the sermon. I don't know what I enjoyed more. The sermon or watching people react to the sermon? Because I see the faces and the, and the body move. I'm not trying to be confrontational. No. I guess it's just the passage of Scripture we're in. Well, yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty, a challenging passage of Scripture. Yeah. yeah, I guess you could call it challenging. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's true. Yeah, truth. Yeah, they say the truth hurts. It can. Yeah, so especially when you're on the wrong side of it. Okay, Yes. so number one, why does God, we got quotation marks, test people when he is all-knowing? And I think you used the example with uh, Isaac and Abram. Oh, yeah, Genesis 22. Yeah, going up to the mountain. I got a few. Just The Lord tested Abraham. Okay, I'll tell you something I don't like. Okay about the whole Sunday school version of the story. Yeah. Like, and I use this, but like Abraham, you know how much he's, they show him, you know, in Sunday school, they got these little flannel graphs Uh and they're, him and Isaac are hiking up the mountain, right? Yeah. And they got a backpack on and like Isaac in the, the little Betty Lucan's Bible belt things, he's got like a backpack full of sticks. And I'm like, oh, just like a little bit of sticks. Like you are not going to burn a human body with a backpack full of sticks. You're just going to irritate it. You're not even going to give it a sunburn, okay? So like, th- Abraham had a lot of faith. He had to go get like a whole pickup truck full of wood. Uh huh. I mean, can you imagine how long it would take you in that area to go get a pickup truck full of wood? <laughs> That's a lot of faith. Okay. Speaking of this, so I'm reading this book for this class I'm taking right now on Baptist history. So I was reading about William Carey. You remember William Carey? Yeah. The great missionary to India. Yeah. And in this book, they were talking about one of the things that William Carey was known for. And I didn't know this until I read this book, which reminds us that books can be very helpful. They can but, be. Um, so William Carey, one of the things that he's known for in India was that there was a ritual in India before. This was like standard practice that if uh, you're a woman, your husband dies, that they would put you with him on the funeral pyre even though you were still alive and they would cremate you with him uh, because uh, you got to die too. If he died, you died. And so William Carey petitioned uh, Indian government to do away with that practice, which is good. I think that was pretty pretty wise of him to get rid of that. People, Women in India were very, very happy. I bet. Uh, Do you think that's why our wives are trying to keep us alive? Maybe. It's called sati. Sati was the practice. Sati. uh, Forced involuntary uh, force of uh, burning more Hindu like women sauteed. on the funeral pyre with their husbands after yeah, their husbands More died. like sautéed, man. That's not good. I didn't know they did that. No, horrible. Thank goodness for William Carey and yeah, all the women in India man. said, amen. See, I thought our wives just had us eating healthy because they wanted to have us around. Or my wife, anyway. So, I know. Well, yeah, maybe they she's afraid of being sautéed. Yeah, wow. Man, if you were in India back in the time of William Carey, that could be oh, frightening. That's... Um, so why does God test people? I guess we kind of got off track on that one. Not really. I think we're right down the center of the fairway on there. I just look at Abraham. We're talking at faith. So this is really not yeah. just a question of why does God test people, but it's a question about the knowledge of God when he's all-knowing. So why is he testing you if he knows what's going to go on? So this brings up a pretty big theological discussion that's caused a lot of problems for a long time on the knowledge of God. What does God know? Because we believe in an omniscient God, that God knows all things. So there's kind of three different views on omniscience among Christians and uh, one's the general omniscient view, kind of a reformed view of God, that God knows everything that ever is, was, and will be. He knows it all, foreknowledge, that whole deal. Then there's another view, which is kind of controversial, called open theism. And that is that God doesn't really know the future. And um, so he doesn't exactly know everything that's going to come to pass in the future, which is problematic for most people who are Christians. That yeah, one. I, I have a problem with open yeah. theism. But then there's a third view. Um, that not a lot of people know about called Mullenism. Um, and it's basically that God knows every was some possible... some dude named Mullen involved in it? Actually, his name was Luis Molina. There you go, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was a Catholic monk. Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, so anyway, the this view has kind of this view of the middle knowledge of God, and basically it's that God knows every possible outcome 
of every possible choice that could be made. And the, the illustration is kind of like this. I'm going to butcher this, but it's a good, interesting illustration that um, all the potential outcomes of every decision that you could ever make are like a big tree with all these branches. And God knows every outcome of every potential decision, but he leaves the decision to you as a free moral agent, but he knows how he would respond to the decision that you would make. So it, it doesn't really devastate. He's got a plan for each one is what what they're saying. Right. So in that view, God would test you to see how you'd respond. But the general view on this would be God tests you not to like put you through a test to try and figure out what you'll do, but to prove your faith and faithfulness. I was going to say, I had my my take on the Abraham Isaac thing was, uh, was not God wasn't testing Abraham to try and figure out, are you going to do this? God was testing Abraham for for Abraham's sake. And Abraham would know he made the decision and totally, uh, you know, that's a good answer. Yep, I, I like agree that. with that. That's 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 what I'm down with. So yeah, so there you go. There it is. Yeah. So when we're being tested with the quotation marks, proved, uh, proved, it's for our benefit and ultimately for us to know what what we're going to do or you know what the outcome is. And it should be if we're choosing wisely, weed hopper. Uh, ultimately, we're going to be edified by that. We're going to be encouraged by that. We're going to be strengthened so. by that. So, yeah. And it's all part of our. Uh, Developing our character, trials, character, testing of your faith produces yeah. patience. Perse- yeah, or perseverance. Perseverance, yeah. patience. There we go. Yeah, and then Romans five. Yeah, we like that one. Romans yeah, that's five a good is great. one. Good one. You can explain a lot with that. Mm. So I think we. I think we. I'm going to call number one answered. Okay. All right. Numero dos. Can you explain what John means when we're talking about children of the devil? Where else is this talked about in Scripture? Man, I'm thinking in John 8, Jesus mentions this. Yeah, here it is. John 8. He's speaking with the religious leaders who are trying to kill him. They Ooh, are. Is this the whitewashed sepulcher one? No, no not that one. one. Uh, but they, they're looking to kill Jesus. They're planning on it. I mean, gosh, you would hope that the religious leaders wouldn't be planning murder. But they are. Yeah. And so... Uh, Jesus says to them in John eight forty four, you are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you Ooh. want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in truth, in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he's a liar and the father of lies. So mm. Jesus just straight up says to the, um, the gathered religious leaders that are plotting to kill him, you are of your father, the devil, because... Your murderer is just like him, Ooh. which connects us with the same passage that we've been in because we talked oh, about that with Cain. I, the Elmer Fudd Bible series. Uh-huh. Woe unto you. Pharisees. Pharisees. Children of Bewile. Woe unto you. Brood of vipers. <laughs> oh, boy. How good would the Elmer Fudd Bible series be? Yeah, I don't think it'd go very far. You don't think so? No. I'd listen to it. I bet you would. Whitewash sepulchers. So we, so we wab it. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, children uh, so of that's the, that's the other yeah. place that like the that. Uh, children of the devil comes from, but yeah. it's the connection with him being a murderer, which is the connection with Cain in the passage we've been looking at in First John chapter 3 as well. I think that maybe answers it. Uh, yeah. Where else is that talking about it? Come on. That's John 8, 44. I'm going yeah. with a solid answer there. I'm, I'm, it's, yeah, you that's say, where else. Boom. Stamped. Yeah. Done. Answered. Uh, but any practical thing there? Can you... Nope, that's just a scriptural question. It's a good scriptural question. Yeah. So, some backup, for sure. Cool. All right, number three. What does it mean for our hearts to condemn us? Does condemnation only slash primarily come from the heart? That's a good question. You have any thoughts on that? Shot from the heart. (laughs) And you're to blame. Oh, boy. You give our love a bad bad name. name. True, that goes with the text. Yeah, exactly. There you yeah. go. You know, man, the heart is deceit. We know the heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. Well, I Who think it's important it? to like acknowledge that when we when we use the metaphor of a heart, we're talking about the the place or the seat of the emotions right. within you. So, yeah. you know, some people might refer that as the soul. You know, the Bible uses these as kind of like synonyms. They, yeah. So you have heart, you have soul, you have all these different things, and um, so. So the heart, the seat of the emotions, is that where condemnation takes place? Yeah, I, I would assume so. I mean, I don't know if my, I don't know if my couple of dogs, Walter the white dog and Jack the brown dog, if they uh, if they experience condemnation, I don't think so. So 
I had a black lab. Yeah, he had. He felt condemnation. She. 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 What was her name? Kimba. 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 Simba. Yes. So it's kind of like this Simba. is way before Lion King. Okay. Uh, but uh, you go out there, and you go. She loved trash. Ooh. I mean, if that dog could get a hold of an old baby diaper, it was. Ah, man, it was the that worst. was its day. It's like when I come out to my trash oh. cans and I see trash all over the place because my little dogs pulled stuff out. I'm just like, ooh, it's like. I'm I'm instantly not in a good place. Well, well, yeah, it's irritating. Yeah. So I would walk over there and go, Kimba, in a normal voice. You Kimba? deliberately disobeyed me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in my James Earl, Kimba. You deliberately disobeyed yeah. me. Yeah. No. no. It's a lot like a Darth Vader voice, too. It's just kind mm, of I interesting. It's the same I guy. wonder why that is. Yeah, James Earl Vader. Anyway, um, <laughs> so I'd go, Kimba. But normal was Kimba, um... Have you been in the trash? And she would cower and like she knew, man. She, yeah, so I mean condemnation. So she that was dog condemned. Had a soul. She had it condemnation. Had so the black lab with the heart. Yes, with a black heart. There you go. Um, so I, I know the heart's a big thing. Well, I do think that you know condemnation. I, so this is coming from the text in the passage. Uh, if our heart does condemn us, this is First John chapter three verse twenty one. If our heart does condemn us. Um, you know, we have confidence toward God. So just before that, he talks about uh, if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and he knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence with toward God. So I didn't really go into that passage. I'm going to actually talk about it a little bit more on this Sunday. Uh, but just thinking about condemnation, I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind is Romans 8.1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So I guess it requires that we kind of acknowledge that condemnation and conviction of sin are two different things. Condemnation is good point. An aspect of like a damning uh, mindset, you know, where you're damning yourself because of the things that you have done. So with damnation, that's what condemnation right. is. Yeah. So, so you're kind of damning yourself, and mm. uh, and God is not necessarily He's not doing that. So the enemy definitely does that. He condemns us, right? So, do you ever know anybody to condemn themselves? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, and and I find that when I talk with people who are in that place of, of kind of condemning themselves that you have to really encourage them about what the gospel accomplishes in their life you know the gospel really does make us new in Christ and so most of the time people are condemning themselves for things that they have done in the past and you know it's right to have conviction over sin and then when you confess your sins he's faithful and just to cleanse us and to forgive us so it's like hey praise the Lord for the forgiving grace of God yeah so yeah that's where I go on that if there's if there's condemnation taking place then I really want to bring someone to the place of uh understanding and comprehending what the gospel has accomplished for them. Okay. I don't know if that answers it, but I hope it does. I think it answers it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So the heart's a a crazy thing, you know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. We're told to guard our hearts with all diligence because it's the wellspring of life. Um, And uh, man, the heart, the battle is for the heart. Really, when it gets down to it for the heart and for worship, it seems like so. Uh, what we worship, what gathers up our attention, things like that. So the heart's huge. The heart's huge. It's like an old lyric and a song that I remember from years ago. Got to get to the heart of matters because it's the heart that matters. Interesting. Mm. <laughs> Not helpful. That's really deep. It's so deep. Counting crows. That's where that came from. Really? Yeah. One of my favorite Ebo Elder quotes. He's uh-huh. like a <laughs> MMA fighter. Yeah. He's like, you know... The devil's so deceptive, and you know, deception—it's so deceiving. <laughs> I thought, wow, that was deep. That was deep man. I Keep appreciate up, man. that. Stay with that, man. That's good. All right, onward. All right. Is it always a sin to hate? Ooh, hate's a strong word, man. I say no. What say you? It's always a sin to hate, or it's not always a sin to hate. Is it always a sin to hate? No, I it's say, not always no. a sin to hate. No. Um, Psalm 5 5 says God hates all workers of iniquity yeah that's kind of a big deal yeah so I would say that God hates anything that is contrary to his nature so could you see the punk going like don't be such a hater man don't be such a hater yeah I was looking up another passage earlier on just hate hate what God hates right yeah Hosea 9 15 God is speaking through the prophet he says all their wickedness is in Gilgal that was a place in Israel for their for there I hated them because of their evil deeds. That's big. That's pretty, that's a big word. Yeah. And then Psalm 97.10 says, you who love the Lord, hate evil. So that's um, a command. Hate evil. Remember our friend Dan Gordon? Yeah. 
I used Dan. to love Dan. Dan's with D- Jesus. He is with Jesus. He's hanging out. Yeah. But uh, people go, what you, I go, what you up to, Dan? He goes, loving God and hating sin, Oh, is man. that where you got that? Yeah. Loving oh, okay. God and hating sin. That's a Dan Gordon quote. Right I love that, man. Like, okay, but I do think about hatred. I think that hatred um, can be dangerous. You got to be very careful with hatred. So, it's, it's like, um, so we've been watching this show that Jason turned us on to. The, the fire show or the alone show. I'm thinking of fire. You know, fire is really good in its proper context, but it can become dangerous if it gets out of hand. Yeah. Yeah. That's when my kids got a job. There you go. Fighting fires. Fighting fires. Those things get out of hand. So, you know, thinking about this, I, I think of uh, the words of a great philosopher. I got it for you right here. Here is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Master Yoda. Yoda said yeah. it pretty well. Yep. Yeah. You got to be careful with hate. Nailed it. Yeah. Nailed it. Yep. Loving God, hate and sin. Hate I like sin. that. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good plan. We'll so with no, that one. Is hate always sin? No. Just hate what God hates and you're and, and you're love what God loves and you're you're in good shape. Yes. So love your neighbor as simple yourself. stuff. But this does bring up the whole thing with Jesus. Jesus during in his day there was a teaching that you are to love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But he right. said, But I say to you, love your enemies. So there's a real challenge there. That messed with some people's heads. It messes with my head. Yeah. That's I have a hard, hard time with that. I'm like, Lord, love my neighbor. Can I can I just what if I move? Can I do I am I have to move because this guy's not so easy to love? No. Yeah. So anyway. Anyways. All right. So number four is I'm gonna I'm marking that as answered. We're good. All right. Cool. Number five. How should I respond when confronted with the reality of my own failures as a Christian? I think of. Well, this goes back to the condemnation one. Yeah. Kind of. Well, what do you think? Well, and who are we responding to? How should I respond when confronted with the reality of my own failures as a Christian? Yeah. So respond. First, we got to know who are we responding to? Oh, okay. Responding to so, God. So, I mean, or, I like the R word. Repentance is good. Re, yeah, that's a good place to start. Yeah. So yeah. ask God for forgiveness by repentance. Yeah, And then complete. And then praise this, God for his grace. Yeah, there you go. And then the, if it's against a person. Uh, yes. I good, really good point. think if you, you, to really do this right, go repent to the person. And uh, I think a lot of good can come of it, not just in your relationship with that person, but for the kingdom, uh, especially if that person's an unbeliever. That's a great example to go to repent to somebody because people just don't apologize anymore. Do they? Yeah. But you know, um, the other thing I've noticed, and maybe you've seen this too, like people are getting into all kinds of trouble online these days because of things that they either stupidly or as a joke once upon a time said through a tweet or something like this. And and maybe they've apologized for it, but it seems like in our culture, like we know nothing of like forgiveness these days. Like people apologize for stuff and maybe it was a gaffe. They said something they shouldn't have said and they, they honestly apologize publicly. And then it's like, people just want to crucify. And it's like, man, we need a little bit of uh, forgiveness and grace in our culture. Well, and, and to be fair, like I remember watching those, uh, didn't seem, I wanted to call it a trial, but the hearings, the con- oh, for the, the uh, confirmation yeah, for yeah, that, that was a uh, challenge. Judge Kavanaugh. Yeah. And I remember, like, they're going back into this guy's high school, yeah, you know, days. And I'm like, who in the world wants to be held responsible for the things they did in high school? Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't run for dog catcher. I mean, I just couldn't. I mean, it's just if you're responsible for everything you did as a kid, I mean, that's that's pretty pretty grateful for redemption. Yeah, I mean, gosh, and everything you've said and and did talk about, you know. Every word having to give account for, and boy, I see this in the media. And yeah, you you said something twenty years ago, thirty years ago. Now all of a sudden, it's all brought up. And the thing is, is what is acceptable socially thirty years ago, and right. it was yeah. normal, is Things now changed. not normal Absolutely. now. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, there's truth there. Yeah. So, boy, that's mm. no no forgiveness and grace there. That's well, speaking for sure. of failures, this leads right into number six, I think. Yeah. Epic fail. Epic fail. Why did you have to spoil Toy Story 4 for me? To infinity and beyond! Just cause. I don't know. <laughs> you saw it first? Yeah, if you haven't seen it yet, you're not going to see it in the theaters. I'm not going to. I'm not going to see it in the theater. It's a great movie. Uh, no, I highly recommend it. I, I love all those, like yeah. cars and all that. Those are great movies. I think this did come up last week because I talked about Buzz and his inner voice, which was t- 
totally awesome from the new movie. Kind of like the Holy Spirit. Yeah, exactly. He's got an inner voice. He keeps pushing the buttons on his little toy chest there, and and it keeps telling him what to do. So it's great. Wow. Listen to that inner voice, that still small voice. You don't think somebody's saved over there, do you, making these things? Man, I hope so. Wow, that'd be great. Pixar needs Jesus. Man. They've had some good movies, though. And a lot of times their movies have a, a very redemptive quality to them. Yeah. Well, yeah. you're just a spoiling kind of guy. Yeah. Like um, um, one of the greatest Pixar movies ever doesn't have a single line of dialogue for like 40 minutes is uh, the one with the robot. Got Wally. right there. Wally. Yeah, I remember that. Wally and Eva. 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 Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, he, once again, he's very, he kind of okay, lays now, down himself for others in that one movie. One of our too. favorite movies of all time, Top Gun. Yeah. We're going to go see that together when it comes out because we're going to spoil it for one another. Yeah. If yeah, no. So we got to go see it when it opens first day. There'll probably be a sermon illustration from it too. Although it'll probably get me into trouble because someone will say you shouldn't go see movies like that. But hey, we're going to see it. Absolutely. Right. I got to know what happens with Maverick. I mean, we we all just push pause on Maverick, you know, 20 some years ago. Yeah, I just a long time ago. Left me hanging, like 30 man. years ago. Yeah. It was 30 years ago. Wow. He can't possibly still be in the Navy. You never know. He's probably know. hanging out the PX, having a Slurpee. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. He lost weighs, that love and feeling. Weighs, weighs like 300 pounds, <laughs> kind of hanging out. You know. We're not talking about Iceman. Yeah, yeah. No. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, that, that was, uh, yeah. Oh, Val Kilmer. Oh, gosh. Oh, poor guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's doing good now, though. Yeah, he's, he's what I hear. It's great. Yeah. And so I was thinking Doc Holliday. Every time I think of him, I think of Doc Holliday. Sorry if I spoiled Toy Story 4 for you. Oh, yeah. You're crying over it. Look at that. Yeah. I got a little tear. Yeah, right there. You, you know, you're just lacking a little conviction with that apology, I think. But anyway, <laughs> we'll let that go. Yeah. We're full of grace. Oh, yes, Number indeed. seven. John talks about seeing others in need and shutting up your heart from them. In parentheses, I guess by not giving. Should I ever, should I give? To every. Every homeless person in need. I'm going to let you answer this, Mark. Yeah? Yeah, because you handle, with uh, Pastor Jason, a lot of the benevolence that happens. Right. Yeah. Um, I do not, I never give money to people on the streets. And I hear, it's, I have probably hurt more people over the years uh, being benevolent or generous than I probably helped by giving them things. And I'll just tell you this. I was at a Vons one time, and I'm hanging out at Vons, and there's a guy who's taking back a sandwich somebody gave him. So some well-meaning person gave him a sandwich, wanting to feed him because he said he was hungry. And that was a well-meaning person. It was a good thing. And he was taking the sandwich back. And uh, I was listening to the conversation, and they gave him cash for the sandwich uh -huh. back because yeah. he said he was uh, gluten-free. Oh, now, he was on meth. I can spot a meth user. So I'm thinking to myself, hey, you're using meth, but a little gluten's going to hurt you. You know, the whole time I'm behind him in line, but I heard the story. And it was like seven, eight minutes later, he was over here. Maybe gluten, like, counteracts the meth. Maybe it does. Maybe. I, you know, but uh, it was seven, eight minutes later. He, he's over there on the other side there by the Shell station, and he's buying drugs. Yeah. Okay. So um, and so it, it's a in, you have to be really careful when you're helping somebody out. Uh, if, if we're talking about the drug homeless person, this and that, you want to go take that guy and go buy, sit down and have a meal with him and talk to him about Jesus. You go right ahead if you're led by the Spirit. I would really be, uh, you know, careful about that. I know one of the things that we do here at the church is we support a ministry uh, called Interfaith, and the Interfaith people are experts at giving people an opportunity to get back to a normal life. They have for drug counseling, rehabilitation, placement and job services, uh, something to eat, a place to stay, all these things. But one thing they have learned is as long as you're on drugs, it's pretty much impossible to rehabilitate somebody. You're not going to hold down a job or do all those things. So you have to track this, the drug problem first. And I would say, you know, talking to police officers, friends, 95% of everybody who's in that situation, it's a drug problem is at the, the core of it. The other one that I really feel bad about is a lot of times there's a mental, mental illness health, and yeah. there's no family or anybody Absolutely. to support that person. And that's a real challenge. It and is. and yeah. I think God calls us to do what we can for those people. So but, I'm going to yeah. 
throw out a passage mm-hmm. of scripture here. I don't want in, in saying all that. Cause I, I don't disagree with you. I just interpreting this yeah. passage of scripture. Luke six says, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. We, we just, we're thinking about yeah. that one. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you to him who strikes you on one cheek, offer him to the other also. And from him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who asks of you, and from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. And just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. So what what do you think about that in verse 30 when it says, give to everyone who asks of you? Well, I think the end of the scripture illustrates it. Um, If I can take the, I'll call, I I like to call it the God's eye view. So that's the big view, scriptural, how, when I look back at that, if I was in a situation where I was on using drugs, I was on the streets, I was doing those things, I would want that person to not help me. What I'm saying. That's a great answer. Yeah. I, I would want that person to not help me because again, I have probably heard. That's more a swing people, and a hit right there. Thank you. Thank great. you. Yeah, that but I threw a fastball and you I, good. Well, you know, it's I like did, deep, I deep worked center for field. A pretty good sized church for a while and for a series of like four years. I handle all the benevolence yeah. for that church. Uh-huh. And man, I heard some stories. But and you handle quite a bit bit of it here too. Yeah. And yeah. and you hear some stories, but there's some times when you when you go to help people, you're hurting them. Absolutely hurting them cuz hunger has a sting to it and a pain to it. And we're supposed to know if we don't work, we don't eat. And it pain motivates us. And bad situations should motivate us into a better situation. And so uh, again, you always have to be led by the Spirit in these things. But yeah. Yeah, no, you know, that's true. Uh, ideally. And it's the same thing I would do for my, my children or anybody else who's close to me. Somebody I love would be, I would withhold that. Uh, I think would be a bigger profit than going the other way. So good answers. Yeah. I like it. And I, I think this person asking that is talking about the normal street person that you and I yeah. run into on a daily basis. Yeah. yeah. We see them. Yeah. Perpetually. Yeah. So, absolutely. And we do, but we do, just to say we're not, hey, we're just going to pray for you. We do support Interfaith. Yeah. And so we offer a way, and we direct them to Interfaith. We offer a way for this person. If they really want to get better and they're really hungry, there is a place for And that's for not them. to say we haven't helped some people in the past. All the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's, that's many, many totally times. different than if a member of the congregation comes totally. forward and says yeah. they need help. Then that's a totally different situation. So I agree. So, cool. Um, kind of similar question, number eight. How can I give if I don't have much to give? It's a great question. Um, I think there have been many times that I've had conversations with people who are uh, in a place where they read a passage like we were looking at this week, uh, this last week that talks about, you know, if you see those in the world in need and you, you know, shut up your heart from them, how does the love of God abide in you? So that's where this is coming from. But, um, you know, there have been plenty of times where I've talked with people where they they do have a sense that I need to be giving, uh, tithing and all this, but I don't have enough money to give. And in, in every situation that I can think of when I have talked with a person who's in that situation, they genuinely want to give, um, a lot of times at the root of it, they don't think they have enough or they don't have anything to give because either they have the wrong expectation about what it means to give Mm -hmm. or, their finances are so out of balance because of decisions that they've made that they they feel like it's not something that they can do. And when I say that they have the wrong expectation about what it is to give is that it's important to start somewhere and it may be very, very small. Right. And, uh, you know, sometimes when, you know, I'm I'm sure you've heard the person who says, when I make it big, I'm going to give a lot. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? If you don't give now and you make it big in the future, you ain't going to give then. then. Yeah. And so it's like, don't wait until then. And uh, so when I talk with people who they, they generally say, I just don't think I can give anything, they generally have a wrong understanding or expectation about what it is to give. And they're thinking that I need to give hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars. In, in reality, it's maybe, hey, let's, let's start with something. Let's find what you can give and let's start there and go from there. Or, hey, let's take a look at your finances and see you know what's, what's out of whack here. Because for me and in my household, my wife and I, we have determined that the first fruits, the very beginning of our, anything that comes into the house, the first thing is 10% comes off the top. And then we give beyond that as well. So, you know, we've ordered our lives around that. Right. And we, you know, we have the same policy at my house and I do like if a person's having difficulty giving the trust in it, remember old friend, Rich Gary used to say the last thing I got saved on me was my wallet. Right. Yep. And I think that's a good, that's a good, uh, was a good analogy by him. Um, I like uh, Larry over at North Coast had 
I listened in on this once, and you, you he had shared this with you too. I was just with Larry this morning. Oh, cool. There, yeah. Was Chris there too? No, nah, Chris wasn't there. He's probably fishing. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, well, I just got done with that. But uh, he tells people all the time, he goes, just trust God with $10. Right. You know, a month or whatever it is. Start somewhere. Just, just to see what, what God does with that. And I think, um, yeah, I know some people that they give 20%. Uh, right immediately well, out you there, know, the, and that, that's their conviction. The Caterpillar Company. Yeah, the that's trackers. a great story. Yeah. The guy who started that company, he uh, you know, gives 90% and lives on 10%. Yeah, and that, that guy is, I think, you know, what are we taught about a cheerful giver? Right. Um, the Widow's Mite is a very powerful example and story because she's just, she's given what seemed like so little to other people. Uh, and I love the setting for it because evidently there's like a horn thing that they would put. People would know how much you gave. Mm-hmm. There's this thing that's shaped made out of brass is what I had read or, or some type of a metal. And so if you put in a lot of coins, it would make a lot of noise. And people would know this. This is back when Jesus is giving the illustration. Hmm. And she had these little two mites go in. And Jesus had pointed that out on giving. And I thought, wow, that's that's a what a great picture of just she gave so much she didn't have a lot but what she gave and god was going to honor that in faith and i i really appreciate that so the passage that we're looking at in verse 18 it says my little children let us not love in word or tongue but in deed and truth and then he goes into the whole thing whoever has the world's goods that whole passage but uh, you know what i had mentioned on sunday uh, the point was that sacrificial his sacrificial love stirs us to love others as he has loved us to, so to love in a sacrificial way and uh, i'd made the point in the in the teaching that um, we need to give away in a way that is sacrificial. Right. And in that story, the widow's might, that was truly sacrificial. She was right. giving in such a way where it was painful to give what hurt. she gave. Yeah. It was small, but yeah. it was painful yeah. to give in such a way that she gave. And there are some people who, you know, maybe they give a lot and it's not a sacrifice at all. Right. And so in that, in that respect, you know, potentially they could give more. Right. 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 And, um, and, and it's and not I get just it. money. Anytime we talk about this, people, yeah, and that's, and I made the point on Sunday that it's not just worldly right. wealth. It can be of your time because sometimes we outsource sacrifice by just giving financially instead of giving of our time because our time is more valuable to us than our money. Yeah. Now, I know of a person that that their con- their very uh, their conviction is to give twenty percent. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But their reasoning is is they have a job where they can't be at church serving like they want to, and they said, "Look, this is something I'm good at." And so I'm going to do this, and I'm going to commit to this, even even when it does hurt, because it hurts a little bit, even when it does hurt, because I can't do Sunday school anymore, I can't be an usher, I can't go do this, and I can't do that. So I'm going to, this is something that I can do, and they're they're into that. So that's great. But I know some other people that have a ton of time on their hands, and they could totally jump in there, because we're not just talking about money here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, sure, there's the giving, which we're all called to do, but... Um, there's just investing in other people. There's investing in the church, all those with your time and your energy. Um, all and, that to yeah. say, we could really use some people to help with the sound ministry and with the worship team ministry and as ushers and greeters. <laughs> well, that's true. And Lifeinconnection.com slash serve. <laughs> yeah, but I'll tell you this too, and it's just like financial giving. When you start to do that, there's a satisfaction that Great comes joy. from that. And yeah. You will find your place in ministry and in the church. That's and, how we uh, got sucked into this whole thing. Exactly. We started helping. Right. I was a two-year-old Sunday school teacher. Look at this now. I'm a, a almost famous Bible commentator. You hear that? <laughs> Good smile from Miles. All nice. right. So um, so start somewhere, I guess. That's yeah, the answer to number eight. start somewhere. Yeah. Give some of your time. Give some of your wealth. And, it's uh, addictive. Pray about it. And yeah. So. Okay, number nine. If someone claims to be a Christian but is self-centered and not loving others, would their heart contend, condemn them for this? Man, I sure hope so. I hope so, too. But I, I generally have found that self-centered people don't really, uh, they kind of have a way of pushing thoughts like that aside. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so I just think, you know, just like last week, the, the word of uh, Bob Newhart is good. Stop, stop it. Stop it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. If you, if you claim to be a Christian and you're self-centered... Um, selfishness is not a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't mean you need to hate yourself. That's not what we're talking about. But a proper view of yourself in light of God is a good thing. We're pretty valuable. Apparently. We're paid for by some pretty precious stuff. Right. God so loved the world. But he hates sin. 
Exactly. True. So, Anyways. I mean, this week as our people get together and they let us know that they've been listening. I mean, should they tell us that they're loving God and hating sin? I think that's a great one. And that'll be a uh, Dan. Uh, yeah, we were in just, honor of Dan Gordon. There you go, Pastor Dan. Dan, good guy. Was he a loved good guy. People. He was a great pastor. He was a great pastor. He was the kind of pastor that would go to your kids' baseball games and soccer games and spend time with you and be there for your family. Dan was a great pastor. He was one of those guys. He would call me like you know maybe once every six months and hey, let's go get lunch and. A lunch with Dan was like three, four hours because you'd sit there and you'd talk for a long time. Yeah, he loved to talk. It was great. Yeah, great. Guy. I always loved Dan. You know, some of Dan's sheep came to Cross Connection after Dan went to go be with Jesus. Yeah, I was super blessed by that. Yeah, and, and if they... so we have some good friends of Dan who are a part of the church here now. Yeah, that's 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 good. I'm glad that the, they're here and they're some really sweet people. So, and I'm glad they're in a place where they're tied in. Which I look is really forward good. to getting lunch with Dan in heaven. Oh, Sunday. Love it. Love it. So, any final words, Mark Childers? How many fish did you catch? I got a limit. Oh yeah, so I a limit is super five. Blister. So uh, in Mexico, you're allowed um, ten fish total. Okay, five of any one species. Okay, but bluefin tuna count as five. Two of them. Oh do. really? Yeah, two bluefin tuna count as five. So uh, huh. I went on a day and a Why half. Why is that? Are they just not? They kind of limited. Um, they say they are. It was kind of crazy. Um, we got into a spot of bluefin tuna, and it was it was really glorious. Just Were they beautiful. boiling? Yeah, they call them foaming. They're oh. they're you see these massive tuna with the tails are actually out of the water, kicking up foam. Yeah, it's and cool. you can look and you can see you know three quarters of a mile ahead these spots of fish that are the size of a Walmart. Well, I've seen an albacore boil before. Yeah, though this that was this awesome. is these are spots of fish that you can identify in the water that are the size of a Walmart. Man, oh man! And, that's and cool. you're looking at that. So that was an amazing time. I saw this documentary uh, one time on bluefin in Japan, and they oh, yeah. were they were paying a serious premium for bluefin. Oh yeah, yeah. I know. So I got two nice bluefin tuna. Yeah, how big? Uh, one was like man, eh, thirty-seven, thirty-eight. And the other one nice. was just pushing fifty pounds. They put up a good fight. They did. I, I caught one on fifteen-pound test. Man, that's some work. It, it was. It was good. It was a challenge, but it was good, especially with twenty-five other people on the boat. And maybe next week I'll share a story, but I got to talk to a guy about Jesus for a very long time. He was going through something really hard. These people. So you're seek fishing me for out. fish and fishing for men. Every time. I always run into a guy on the boat or a gal on the boat who desperately is looking for Jesus. And I don't know that God sent me on the trip. He probably knew that person needed to be there because that's where I would be, maybe. So I don't as know. a fisherman, are you Peter, James, or John? I don't know. Maybe Peter. Yeah, I think I'm more like Peter. I, you used to walk on water. Mostly. Surfing. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. no. I, I identify with Peter. He gets it really right or really wrong sometimes. So We are good at the, the latter. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I will say this, that we, you know, we're loving God and hating sin, bro. And come and tell us that this weekend if All right. you are loving God and hating sin. 